Hi out there. I'm Pat Polly, and I want to welcome you to my show, Art Beat Northwest. Each week, we invite someone in from the local art scene to talk with us. And this week, Jennifer Loomis is here to talk with us. Now, Jennifer is a fine art photographer. She has been photographing pregnant women and families for 25 years. She is a photojournalist with a master's in photojournalism, and photography is her life's work. She is one of the pioneers in maternity photography. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks, Pat. We're so happy you could come in to talk with us. I'm glad to be here. Great. (laughs) Now, before we get started, though, Mm -hmm. I want you listeners to get out your inner artist and get to some of these wonderful art classes to help you get through our dark and rainy winter. And one of the places you can do that is Pratt Fine Art Center in Seattle. And you've probably taught there, haven't you? Pratt, I've actually taken a class there. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And you know that they have some really great classes. And they, I know they still have some things because I was looking online. And they offer everything from welding to glass blowing, mm-hmm. and all kinds of two-dimensional art. And, and I signed up again for their fused glass for the third time. Uh, I love the instructor, Robin Oaks. I mean... She's very laid back, but she really knows how to help you when you need it, and she knows how to run those kilns. <laughs> so I just got to stand that. And then, of course, the Kirken Art Center, which is one of our sponsors, has great courses. Larry Calkins, do you know mm-hmm. him? He's great. Uh, I took a collage class from mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. He still has some openings over there. And then uh, Karen Clee Atlin uh, has uh, some openings in her print class, which beginning print class. I thought that sounded exciting. I'm taking that one, but she does have some openings and there are also all kinds of painting and pottery classes over at the Kirkland Art Center. So you might look into their website and then also another source is Daniel Smith. They mm-hmm. always have oh, yeah. all those uh, demos and then they've got a lot of long-term classes. Of course, they charge for those demos are often free. And it's a good way to really get into art, too. So wonderful teachers. And uh, and we got to get Jennifer Loomis back teaching photography so we can take her course because mm-hmm. that would be just really exciting. But anyway, these are just uh, some places you can take classes. And, you know, these art classes are great. They engage your creative brain. They teach you new techniques. And they offer a social atmosphere. I hope to see you listeners all creating some art. We'll be back shortly talking to Jennifer Loomis about the art of photography. Don't miss the wonderful exhibits at the Bellevue Arts Museum this fall. The Bellevue Arts Museum is the Pacific Northwest Center for Art, Craft, and Design in downtown Bellevue. On Now is Searching for Home, a solo exhibit by Humera Abid. Abid offers a passionate and intimate look at the humanitarian consequences of the worldwide refugee crisis through meticulously crafted wood, sculptures, and miniature painting on until March of 2018. Opening November 10th is Making Our Mark. Over 250 teaching artists from the Pratt Fine Arts Center present an ambitious show celebrating Pratt's 40th anniversary on until March of 2018. 
Hope to see you soon at the Bellevue Arts Museum. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking with fine art photographer Jennifer Loomis. And Jennifer, how did you first get interested in photography? Well, I was an international affairs major in undergrad a long time ago. And when I would stress out, I would grab my camera and walk down and take photographs of leaves and really boring things. But it helped me (laughs) relieve my stress during exams. Not people, just leaves. Just leaves. I was still too afraid of people. (laughs) So now, uh, then you continued and got your master's in photojournalism after that. So that was a bold move. So I actually, in between that, I I went to Japan. And that's when I started photographing people because, again, I was isolated in Japan. And the way that I was able to get out and meet people was through my camera. So Ah. I would walk out into the countryside and ask people in my learning Japanese, can I take your picture? And started to get all these amazing photographs in the countryside. And then I realized what a door it opened for me to meet new people and see new things and learn new ways of being. So so after that, you gave up leaves and and Mm -hmm. you started with portraiture Mm -hmm. and pictures of people. And storytelling. And that's when I went and got my master's. And then after that, I went back to Japan and completed my master's and then worked for a bunch of newspapers in the Midwest, just refining my craft. I went to one in Indiana to work with the Zen of photojournalist Brian Moss, who I still adore to this day. And then I went to Africa, uh, East Africa, and I worked there working for nonprofits, NGOs, and and uh, newspapers. As a photojournalist. As a there. photojournalist. Um, I was. What experiences you had? <laughs> I mean, I was shot at. I was tear gassed. I was <laughs> photographing anything from, you know, HIV to Rwandan, Hutu Tutsi reintegration. And then I got the call to come back here and work for MSNBC.com, which used to be in Redmond as a founder of their, you know, one of the helpers for their media team. And ah. I came back and I did that for a little while and I decided I wasn't photographing enough. So I started to go out there and think, all right, I'm going to go work. And I was working for the Gates Foundation, but I had bought a house and I needed to make some money. And so I started to, I had been photographing pregnant women for a long time and I decided, well, let's just make a beautiful picture of a pregnant woman and hang it up where pregnant women go. This is my guerrilla marketing. (laughs) I had no money. I was like, all right, we're going to do it. And that started it. So where do pregnant women go? They go to maternity stores. Oh, okay. They go buy clothes. (laughs) Yeah, right. So you were one of the original people who, because I remember we didn't used to see pictures of pregnant women. Oh, yeah. I think Demi Moore was the first big, you know, photograph that everybody remembers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember when I would put an ad in a paper, like a local, I started in Seattle. I mean, I've since gone to New York and San Francisco where I also work, but... I put an ad in a local paper and I'd get a call back from the ad department going, we can't run this. Oh, 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 oh dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. You I know, persevered. I persisted. Yeah, it, it is. You know, it's a it's a different concept. You know, it mm-hmm. depends on, you know, how you are, I guess, what you're used to and you know, what the press was used to. Well, and, and I think also I really tapped into something. I tapped into this feeling of these women to feel beautiful. And I felt like that was my mission. My passion was really, I want these women to feel beautiful. I saw them as beautiful in all my art history that I'd studied in all the world, you know, 
galleries that I'd been to, I'd never seen the nude pregnant form. Who has? There's one fresco of the pregnant Madonna, and that's in Italy, um, right near Perugia. And I was like, this is amazing. Who Who's <laughs> doing this? And I started to do it, and it really hit some sort of, this is before social media, right? Like, right. Um, and it hit a nerve with the society and the, you know, the, the story was interesting and the media was interested and more and more people came and my business grew and grew and grew and grew. <laughs> and, you know, there didn't used to be even any pictures or any portraits of pregnant women clothed, let alone nope, nude. No, 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 that's true. My grandmother told me how people would cross the street other side to go to the other side when she was pregnant. Now, that is really... <laughs> When we think about how important a time that is and how important that very event is to the success of the human being, yeah. you know, it's just ridiculous. We all come from pregnant women. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have also uh, published a book. I did. Which received a Publisher West Book Design Award. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful book. And it's not only pictures but it's also stories it is from pregnant women so there's two types of stories there's the long form story and then there's the shorter form story so I um, did a big edit of the photographs I'm really interested in diversity of size shape culture everything so everyone um, who I had as clients who I asked everything's used by permission with my clients um, and then I actually hired a writer um, to interview them. He was a journalist. It was a he, which I have to say, I interviewed five female journalists to see if I could find the right person to write the articles. And they would submit the article to me and it wasn't right. And I called this friend of mine and she said, you got to call Hugo. And I said, <laughs> what? How can I do that? But, you know, at that point, I wasn't I'd never had a baby and I was photographing pregnant women. So he'd never had a baby. So certainly he could write about it. Right. And he did a fantastic job. And I love the fact that it's a man who wrote, yeah, the, who did it. He and must be a really very good journalist. Very, uh, yeah. uh, very uh, focused in on the yeah. people. and Perfect for that. He was perfect. That's really interesting. Uh, do you have plans for other books coming up? You know, there's talk about, I mean, the book's still available on Amazon today. I mean, it's still ah. selling. And um, uh, there's talk about doing a re- a new edition, a second edition, maybe going back and finding those families. Uh-huh. Um, it's just trying to figure out an interesting angle for the book. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, we told their stories, everything from egg donor to um, same-sex couple to single moms. You know, there's a lot of wonderful stories. So how do you improve on that? And I'm still kind of wrestling with that. Now, did you have any problem uh, getting uh, people to volunteer to be in your book? Because mm-hmm. it's such a personal thing. So, no, I didn't actually. I mean, I'm very careful with all the images in my archive. Nothing is used without permission on my website. If any client decides they want to change their mind and don't want it up, we take it down immediately because the work is so personal. Right. It's even in my will, actually, that if I, you know, don't make it, um, the images are returned to the clients. So they oh, won't be sold really for nice archive. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're very personal images. Right. It's a personal archive. And there's, you know, there's celebrities who have trusted me and I've taken them with very little clothing on, with their their young child. I mean, it's it's a very delicate time in someone's life. And I would hate for that to be, um, a, you know, used in a way that I wouldn't feel good about. 
So how do you achieve trust with your subject? It seems to me that that has to be central to getting all of these really good photographs. I really like people, and I really like talking to people. And a big part of the process, if you join, become a part of my studio, is you come in for tea and meet me, and we talk. We talk about your pregnancy. We talk about your family. We talk about what's important to you about these people and how was your pregnancy. And people can trust me with as much or as little as they want, but sometimes I, I think I'm kind of like a hairdresser, <laughs> you know? Like hairdresser. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I and I get these great stories. And, and a lot of these clients, they have my, I've been working with them for 15 years. They have my personal cell phone. I've been with them through divorce and second marriages oh, and no. multiple you know, new kids and, you know, combined families. And, you know, I, I I just love so much of what they give to me and what I give to them and that they become a part of my, I like to say, my photo family. And and so you see they grow at, when you me. see when you go back for another group photo with the family, you see the kids growing Absolutely. up and I can see where, mm-hmm. you know, it is kind of very social in a way because you get to see all these yeah, kids once a year. Up. Some clients come in once a year. In fact, a client and I just went ice skating today. Our kids are the same <laughs> age. We went ice skating. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> well, now, photographing people is never easy. I know that. But has it become easier with your many years of experience? Yeah, yeah. I, I like to talk about it as I'm a seer. In other words, I'm really observant. And over the years, it's become acute, and it's also become unconscious. So I see the way people interact. I see moments. I see light. Um, it's become second nature for me to like be gravitate towards the good light in my studio. I like to make sure that everything is done in studio or in camera, I mean, so that I don't have to spend a lot of time at the computer afterwards. So I, I set, I, we used to say in photojournalism school, find the light. And once you found the light, the moment becomes magical. But when you combine light moment and composition you have something that is just so amazing that it causes people to stop and say there's just something about this picture that I can't talk about but I really like it and Jennifer was telling me I've been you know re- uh, looking at some interviews with photographers and they talk about how they take a million shots from every different angle and run around the room and she's saying oh no I just take a few shots and she comes up with these Absolutely fabulous things. And so you must really have an eye for things. Well, I used to shoot film. And yeah. so I would, my clients would buy one or two rolls of film, which is only 80 pictures. Actually, uh, it's 72. So you had to use mm-hmm. your shots well. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, it's already time for a break. You're listening to Artbeat Northwest and Jennifer Loomis. Fine art photographer is here on Alternative Talk 1150. We'll be right back with more. Transform the winter blahs into the winter ahs with some creative inspiration at the Kirkland Art Center. Winter is the perfect time to learn a new art skill from ceramics, painting, printmaking, drawing, Photoshop, collage, and more. You can learn from professional art instructors at the East Side's number one arts learning community in Kirkland. Register now for winter classes starting in January. At KAC, we believe in the power of the arts to transform and inspire. Learn more and register online at kirklandartcenter.org. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking with fine art photographer Jennifer Loomis. And um, 
Jennifer, let's talk about some of the um, other shots you do. Um, you do a lot of children. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do some uh, really interesting. How did you get involved with taking photos of children that need to be adopted? And oh. how has that worked out? So that's been really interesting. I um, was looking, I was going to adopt. I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll adopt a child. Um and I started looking through the online profiles, and I was shocked and saddened by the poor quality of the photos. And oh. I, I couldn't get a sense of who the kids were. And so I immediately emailed the Northwest um, Adoption Exchange and said, how can I help? Let's do an adoption, a photograph, photography of foster children. And so we had a big show, a big event at my studio, and then I started a nonprofit. So now we have a bunch of photographers who work with the nonprofit. We train them and we get them licensed so that they can then be hired by the social workers to take photographs of these children to get them really good profile photos. And it works. It oh, works. sure. Yeah. The data is overwhelmingly pointing in our favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A picture is so important, especially since that's the only impression somebody gets of that child mm-hmm. to see, oh, is that a child I could see? you know, as part of our family, you know, it's just. We are coming up in March. I believe we're going to have studio days where we'll have four photographers and we'll bring in about 15 of the kids from all around the area to come in and get their profiles. And and I'm so impressed that you started this nonprofit. That's a big job keeping that going, too, Mm -hmm. as well as your studio and. Having (gasps) a three-year-old. Having a three-year-old. That's (laughs) the biggest job right there, right? Yeah. Now, um, how do you get such great pictures of children? You seem to have, I mean, like you'll get pictures with all these different expressions and really appealing pictures. How do you do that? That's got to be hard, especially with babies or even small children. Yeah. So there's a couple things, right? There's light. There's timing that's making sure they're in there at the right time. But then I think I was mentioning, like, it's all about connecting with them. And when you're working with children or with dogs where they're nonverbal, I mean, you know, newborns, infants, two, three, where they're still struggling with their words, there's a way that you can connect with them using sort of an energy or an expression or eye contact or smiling or just really plugging in and tuning in directly to them. And that, once I can figure that out, I I can usually really make amazing photographs. And it can be one child or it can be five children. Five children's a little challenging. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I can it. usually get a little crazy <laughs> and I can usually get what I need. So I've seen <laughs> like a picture of one little baby mm-hmm. with like 10 expressions on oh, his face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. That they even have that many expressions already. Oh, they do. Let alone that you captured it. You oh, know? yeah. No, they do. They do. And I think it's great when you see them frown. And you know, my own son did that, too. It's like frown and they smile. And, <laughs> and as they get older, you can see how those expressions come out in their personalities. <laughs> Good or bad. <laughs> and my clients love that. So now, how about uh, now, right now, you have a show on oh, yeah. where you have photographed dogs mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, how do you work with dogs to get a good photo my my little doggy um has a hard time posing for anything <laughs> well 
Again, it's timing, light, and treats. <laughs> yeah, treats. But, but, you know, again, it's also talking to them. Like, I talk to all the little kids that come in, even the newborns and the dogs. I'm like, hi, I'm Jennifer. Welcome <laughs> to my studio. You know, and I talk right to them, and I do the same thing with the dog. And the dogs just bloom, you know. <laughs> they great. do. They light up. I mean, treats help. But treats help only so much but you know just to get those dogs to start like thinking about you and knowing that you're there and honestly same thing with kids they give you the photos if they yeah. want to it's yeah. they, once they they know you and you're like hey and you really establish contact with them and connect with them they give you photos i don't yeah, take the photos they give them to me that means they trust you yeah too. yeah um so uh jennifer has a show on in uh Madison Park, Madison right? Park, Home Street Bank. Actually. Home Street Bank. Mm-hmm. So you can go see it. At What's been the reaction to your dog? You know, show? it's been pretty great because clients of mine who I've photographed their kids, they walk in there and they're like, this is Jennifer Loomis photography. They can recognize my style. Oh, really? But it's all dogs. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. That they yeah. can recognize. They're like, we know it was your work right away. And I'm like, but it's dogs. <laughs> So now if you take all of these pictures and you do everything so carefully and everything's wonderful, how are you going to, how are these people going to be guaranteed that their children and grandchildren and, you know, everyone down the line is still going to have a, a photo that holds up over time? That's a great question because as a former film photographer, I, I really believe in these prints called gelatin silver fiber prints. And these prints are the ones that are from the process from the 1800s. And these are the prints that will not turn color. And they are now available. There's one guy in the country who has invented the technology to take a digital file and create a gelatin silver fiber print. And he does it on my paper, which I've been printing on the Ilford paper forever. And I can one person does yeah. it. Amazing. I've been working with him for a long time, and he does all of the high end photojournalist stuff, the Magnums and the Seven groups. And they, um, these prints I know will stay black and white for your great grandkids forever because they have been in museums forever. And I'm so psyched that I can shoot digital and offer these prints because. Most photographers aren't offering them, and a lot of the newer photographers have never heard of them. I mean, I'm an old photographer. <laughs> I know, but it's a good thing because you know all these techniques that really work. And what kind of what kind of can I know you don't think? I think to you, your relationship with your subject is so much more important than the camera. Mm. But you still have to know your camera. Yeah, yeah. What kind of camera or equipment do you do? Do you do digital color, black and white? What's your special? So I use all Nikons, and I have for 20-plus years. Um, Nikon has not changed their mount, so I can use my 50-millimeter lens from way back when. Um, And I use it all on manual. I don't use any of the bells and whistles. And I shoot black and white, but I have my camera save a JPEG and then a RAW file. So if a client says, you know, my son's blue eyes I really love, I can go back in and say, yep, we can make that happen in color for you. But because I believe in the power of black and white is just uh-huh. so pure, distilled uh, moment and emotion, I like to shoot in black and white because that's how I see. Yeah, and they're such beautiful photographs. And then she has her wonderful studio there mm-hmm. uh, in uh, an artist beehive. 
mm-hmm. building. <laughs> Why don't you talk about where you're located a little bit? I'm located in the Inscape building, which is downtown Seattle, close to the stadiums and across from Iwajimaya. Um, I love it. It's five floors of artists just creating everything from glass to encaustic to anything. And if I'm doing like my sacred mother project where I'm like, oh, I need antlers, I can (laughs) send an email out. And all of a sudden I will have somebody say, I'm down in 301. Come on down. I have a pair. It's so (laughs) amazing to be a part of such a creative culture and a community. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's a beautiful space. Come down. Well, yeah. That's the, I, I mean, I've been in a lot of artistic buildings in mm-hmm. Seattle, but I haven't been in that one, so I'm going to come down and see you. And um, A lot of walk. history in that building. Yeah. yeah. A lot of history. And a lo- how many artists in there? Did Over you say 120, that? I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's that five floors. Yeah. Five yeah. floors of artists. Well, we are already running out of time. It just runs out way too fast. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming in and talking mm-hmm. with us all about your wonderful photography. And now... Um, how can we find your website? Uh, she's got a wonderful website. I want yeah. you to give that for the So folks. it's www.jenniferloomis, L-O-O-M-I-S dot com. And on her website, I think it's really nice because she explains how she has you come in and get to know you. And it's just kind of a process so that she can get just the right image. Now, uh, this may be... Uh, a special year for some of the listeners to have special family portraits. Who knows? Be sure to listen in to Artbeat Northwest every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for news and views on the local art scene. I'm Pat Polly signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great creative week. <laughs> <laughs>